This is the Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. Welcome to the Wealth Ability Show, where we're always learning how to make way more money and pay way less taxes. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of WealthAbility. What if you could form your business or set up your investments in such a way to give you maximum protection from ever even getting a lawsuit? That's what we're going to talk about today. I have a very special guest with me, one of my very, very good friends, and we're going to discuss how to avoid a lawsuit because it's not just about it's not just about winning a lawsuit. We, we, don't, we want to avoid the lawsuit. Um, I had a recent, well, a few years ago, I had a personal experience, okay? I ended up in a lawsuit with a former partner, and we thought, I, my, my other partner and I, we thought we had this ironclad contract. And we actually went in, the, the, the judge had us do mediation right off the bat, and I asked the mediator, said, what's our chance of winning? He says, well, like 80, 90% chance. Great. You know, they, they didn't offer very much. We went into the lawsuit. We lost. Because what happens is, is that it's not you. It's not the law always that matters. What matters is the judge or the jury. I mean, and, and my guest uh, I'm going to introduce now is... Uh, really a specialist in this area, and I'd love to have him share his thoughts on this. Uh, my guest is Garrett Sutton. He's the Rich Dad Advisor for Asset Protection. My favorite book of Garrett's is Start Your Own Corporation. And Garrett, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tom. Pleasure to be with you and your audience. So, so Garrett, have, have you seen this before? I mean, tell me that I'm the only person that's ever lost a lawsuit because the judge didn't like my position rather than the law. Tom, that is a very common experience. Uh, you know, you have the law and you have the black letter law, the certainty there, but there is room for the judge to rule against you uh, for personal reasons, for other reasons that you may never know. And the same is true with a jury. If you go before a jury of 12 citizens, they, they may not like the way you wear your shirts or your ties. I mean, it could come down to something as insignificant as that. So, you know, we really don't want to get into the legal system. That When we play that game, Tom, the piercing the well, corporate veil game, that, we don't want to go to court. That, that, uh, we want to stay out of court. That's what I learned. I mean, that that was kind of the hard lesson there. It was, uh, it was uh, financially, uh, it was a lot of money. It, 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 in, in the total, it cost me about half a million dollars. And, um, we, and the reality is we could have settled up front and it would have cost me $100,000. And yet, it still would have cost me money and it was wrong. But at the same time, the, the challenge is, is that, you know, you don't know a judge's leanings. You know, it, it, in, in this case, it came down to I had money, they didn't, and the judge felt like they should. And Garrett, you and I have seen that with clients in lawsuits, especially with juries, right? Absolutely. And, and Tom, we also need to recognize that the attorneys on each side have an economic incentive for this case to move forward. And we don't like to talk about it, but it, that, that economic incentive does exist. And as a client, you need to maybe dig in your heels a little bit and slow things down and figure out a way to try and settle this, because once you walk into a courtroom, whether it be a judge deciding your case or a jury, 
everything is cast to the wind. You do not have any certainty of how it's going to turn out. So we want to stay out of court. If we get into court, we want to figure out ways to settle the case, if possible, so that you can move on with your lives. Litigation is very stressful. Um, it, 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 it saps uh, not only time and money, but your energy. And so if there's a way to stay out of court, I always recommend it. You know, it, it, it's interesting, Garrett. You, you and I travel a lot together, and you, you've got this great game. And what's always fascinating is we, we play this game, and, and you, you give the same situation to, like, you know, 10 different groups, um, and, and they're coming up with, and, and they're presenting their case, and they're presenting their arguments, and, they're, you know, you've got a judge on the other side. And, and it seems like uh, it's about 50-50 on who wins, right, plaintiff or defendant. We've never had a case. We've played this game, Tom, on four continents. <laughs> and we've never had a case where the, uh, the, the fact pattern went exactly one way. There was always a difference in opinion uh, between the judges selected for each team on the outcome of the case. So that's the lesson. It, you just don't have the certainty when you walk into court that you're going to win. So, uh, okay, so that brings me to, uh, I, I know one of your favorite topics, and, and one of mine, and that is, so is insurance enough? I mean, clearly everybody needs to have, you know, liability insurance, umbrella policy, et cetera. That insurance is, is very important. What's the difference between insurance, using insurance um, to protect you, and using entities to protect you? Well, insurance is the first line of defense, Tom. I always recommend that people have insurance. You're going to have insurance on your buildings, on your business. You mentioned an umbrella policy whereby your home and auto are insured with the same co company, and you can get an extra million dollars of insurance coverage for less than $400 a year. So I always recommend having insurance. But, again, on, let's talk about economic incentives. The insurance companies have an economic incentive to not settle every claim. And so they figure out ways to deny coverage. That's part of the insurance game. And there's a whole area of law called bad faith litigation whereby people have to sue the insurance company to honor the commitment. They paid the premiums. Now it's time for the insurance company to uh, pony up for any damages. And so it's not a certainty that your insurance company is going to cover you. So you need that second line of defense, which are the entities, the corporations, the LLCs, maybe a limited partnership, to protect you in the event that your, your insurance company, uh, company does not cover you or maybe there's not enough coverage for the claim. So you want to have these entities in place as a second line of defense. And, and, and again, so uh, I'm, I'm curious. I get this question a lot, Garrett. Does having umbrella policy insurance, does it prevent a lawsuit? Or if you have a, a really big policy, does it actually encourage it? Let, let's talk about it. So you would have an umbrella policy for your personal activities. And the, the biggest risk is you're going to get in a car wreck. And the, the umbrella policy will add a million, two, three million, however much you buy, to cover any claim that's brought against you by a car wreck victim. Now, by having that pot of insurance money, the attorneys know how to get at the insurance money. Then we have all your other personal assets, your duplex, your brokerage account, whatever else, in LLCs. And if we do it right and we use Nevada or Wyoming LLCs, 
it's very difficult for the attorneys to get at those assets. And it's uh, something where they don't want to wait around and have to hire an attorney in Wyoming to go after these assets. So in my opinion, if you have enough insurance for the attorneys to get at, they know how to get at it, and you have all of your other assets protected by the uh, correct uh, LLCs that we set up, then the attorneys are less likely to go after your personal assets. It's not a winning bet for them. They have to wait around. They have to spend more time and energy to collect that money. Most attorneys are economic animals. They'll go to the next case, which has plenty of insurance money. And so that's how we structure the affairs of our clients, Tom. That that makes sense. One of the things I I do love about the umbrella policy is that, um, to me, the most important thing you get with an an umbrella policy with the insurance is not the coverage, actually. It's that the insurance companies have really good attorneys. And they have a, a strong reason to fight this. And I've actually had some really good um, experiences with having the insurance company handle the claim. And in fact, the, the first lawsuit I was ever in, we happened to have coverage. It was a really odd situation that we even had coverage, I think. Um, but we had coverage. It was, it, was a, it was another partner. There's a theme here. It was, an, it was another partner. And this was years and years ago. But the insurance co- company handled all of the, the, the legal fees and they brought in their attorney. And to me, that was a, that, that, that's a really big part of the insurance. But let, let's, let's move on to, um, let's move on to, okay, so you're going to form entities and we'll get into which entities to form. There's a lot of, it's pretty easy to form an entity online. I, I know you have particular views about this. Here's your softball question. Is it better to use an attorney or to just do it yourself? Well, Tom, the softball question, I'm going to knock it out of the park. I mean, it's always better to use an attorney who knows what your situation is. Um, An online service doesn't really know what your situation is. Are you investing in real estate? Are you starting a business? How should you be taxed? Tom, that's a huge question in all of this. Uh, And so I like having the attorney and the CPA work together and come up with the best structure Uh, for our clients. And I've got to tell you, Tom, I see some of these uh, online services and what they provide. And, you know, you'll get the articles of organization uh, for the LLC, but that's it. Well, you're only 30% of the way uh, done. You have to do an operating agreement. You have to do minutes of the meeting. You also have to have the membership interest or the stock certificates issued. If the IRS comes calling and you don't have those issued, and most online services don't do that for you, you're going to be, uh, you got two strikes against you. So you want to do everything properly at the start. And really, when you compare apples to apples, Tom, between some of these online services and the, the, the charge we uh, charge at Corporate Direct, it's about the same. You know, you're not saving that much money uh, by doing it online, when you add up all the extra fees that they tack on, uh, they have the $99 come on, but by the time you're done, they're charging you $800. Yeah. So I think it's always best to use a, an attorney and a CPA when you're getting started in business or real estate investing. So any reason not just to have the CPA do it? Well, Tom, I like to say that CPA stands for cannot protect assets. So... Uh, <laughs> Some CPAs think they can uh, do all this, but I think you need an experienced attorney who knows some of the subtle variations between these entities from a legal standpoint 
uh, to give you that type of advice. I, I, I agree. Actually, it, 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 it really disturbs me when I hear people say, well, my CPA says I don't need this entity or I don't need that entity um, uh, for asset protection because of this, this, this. And I'm going, to me, that's malpractice. That is the, that's the unauthorized practice of law because the CPA does not have a license to practice law other than tax law. So if they're saying that you don't need to do it, just understand that is that is absolutely, in my mind, malpractice. And they have no business doing that. Just like I don't think a financial planner has any business telling you how to handle your taxes. Right. You know, it, it is important to get the right person on your team to do the right part of it. Okay, but let's talk about what, what those parts are. So you talked a lot about LLCs this morning, and people hear that term LLCs. First of all, what is an LLC, and what's the difference between an LLC or a corporation from a legal standpoint? Good question. So the LLC, it stands for Limited Liability Company, and they started in Germany in the late 1800s and uh, spread around the world, and these Wyoming wildcatters discovered them in the 1970s, and they were able to convince the Wyoming legislature, they, they convinced the Wyoming legislature to set up an LLC law, and it was so popular that it spread to all 50 states. And the LLC offers great asset protection uh, being via the charging order, and I don't know if I'll have time to discuss that, but that's the main feature that the LLC offers. The LLC has flexibility in taxation. And, Tom, I'm sure you talk about that, how an LLC can be taxed as a C-Corp, an S-Corp, however you want. And the LLC in many states offers privacy. They don't list your name on the state website as being an owner. So the LLC has a lot of advantages. The corporation started in the 1500s in England, and it's been around for much longer than the LLC, but the the corporation doesn't provide the asset protection when you get sued from the outside. Meaning, if you get sued in a car wreck and the, the wreck has nothing to do with your business inside the corporation, but someone has a claim against you, with a corporation in 49 states, except for Nevada, with a corporation, someone can sue you personally and attach your shares and gain control of the corporation. So that's why people, gosh, Tom, 95% of the time people are using LLCs because you have much better protection from an outside attack, especially so, with Wyoming, Nevada, and Delaware. It, it, explain that for a second because that's the charging order that you're talking about. Just briefly, explain what that charging order does and doesn't do and, and what it takes to make sure you get protection of that charging order. Okay. The charging order is a lien on distributions, meaning the person in the car wreck would love to get at the real estate inside the LLC, but in a strong state with the charging order, all they get is what's distributed from the LLC. They can't barge into the LLC and force a sale of the duplex or the other real estate assets. Now, that's in a strong state. There are a number of weak states whereby the court says, sure, you were in the car wreck, go ahead and sell the duplex inside the LLC. That would be California, Utah, New York. Some are weak states, so we want to use Nevada, Wyoming, and Delaware, which have, feature the charging order, as the exclusive remedy. So that's where the charging order comes in, and that's why it's important, and you wouldn't necessarily know with an online service, to pick the right state to set up your LLC in. 
thanks for that. So let's talk a little bit, because um, uh, our, our offices work um, very closely together. Let's talk about the coordination between tax strategy and, and, and legal strategy. Um, I always look at it as, uh, you know, the tax strategist, the tax advisor is really the architect and the attorney is, is the builder. So when, uh, Garrett, when, when we work together, we'll typically come up with what we think the entity structure should be from a tax standpoint. Now, we have pretty good, I mean, I, I've been traveling with you long enough, Garrett, that um, I, I was teasing Garrett uh, before, the, before we started recording. I was teasing him that uh, I, I could be Garrett. I, I don't know I can do his voice, but I can, I, I, I've heard it so many times. And, and that's important because what it means is, is that we're going to do our best to set up the entities in such a way that, that will, will protect you from a tax standpoint. And, and we think is probably okay from an asset protection standpoint. But we always, we always caveat that and say, okay, look, here's what we're recommending Next step is to take this to an attorney and, and let the attorney look at it and say, okay, this, this looks right, or no, I'd like to make a couple of changes. Does, I mean, does that make sense to you, Garrett? Yeah, absolutely. And, Tom, your group is really good at, at creating a visual chart of what the structure looks like, and then I'll get on the line with uh, the CPAs, and we'll look at that structure and make a couple changes if needed. I mean, your team's pretty darn good. But, they're, you know, state laws change, and we keep up on the various changes across the country. And so we'll make a tweak here and there, um, and then, then we work together. It's a team effort. So we have the CPA as the architect. Uh, the attorney uh, completes the foundation, and uh, it's all to the benefit of the client. Are there other asset protection techniques that, that you like? I mean, uh, are there other things that, that we can do? Well, we always like for our clients to have a living trust so they can avoid probate. And so uh, we work with estate planning attorneys, and you would have the LLCs uh, be owned by the living trust. It's important to realize that the LLC does not offer estate planning opportunities. It doesn't avoid probate. Uh, and the living trust, while it does avoid probate, does not provide any asset protection. There are a lot of promoters out there that say a living trust provides asset protection. That is incorrect. So we use them together. They dovetail. The LLC provides the asset protection for your real estate and business assets. The living trust owns the LLC and provides the probate avoidance and the estate planning opportunities. I love that structure. I, I'm with you, Garrett. I use that with, every, I think, every client. There are a lot of attorneys who are saying, no, probate's easy now. You know, you really don't need a living trust. But what I like about a living trust is from a very practical standpoint. What I like is, obviously, it doesn't add any asset protection because it's revocable, because you can change it at, at, at your will. Okay, that's why there's no asset protection. On the other hand, what I like is, you know, you and your children, your heirs, know exactly what's going to happen when you die. And my experience with, with um, survivors, you know, they're the heirs to, to the estate. When, when somebody dies, my experience is that um, it, it just makes life easy. I had a, a client years ago, I, one, of my, one of my dear, he, be, he became one of my dear friends, he and his wife, and he was a doctor. And uh, he passed away and she was much younger than him. 
And she came to me and said, what do I do? And I said, well, let's sit down with an attorney. And so we did. And I said, so what do we do? And, and the attorney says, nothing. It was, it was all set up. The doctor set it yeah. up just right. He, uh, he transferred all the, the LLCs, the assets. He transferred them into the trust. He did everything correctly. And he goes, you're good to go. I mean, there was literally nothing else to do. Right, and that's what you want. And anybody who tells you probate is easy and uh, inexpensive is not—it's not giving you the accurate scoop. Probate is time-consuming. It's a matter of public record. Uh, the attorneys have uh, specified fees. The attorneys make out really well uh, when they have to probate an estate. So, for example, a living trust may cost you two thousand, three thousand dollars to set up during your lifetime. Probate is going to cost your heirs. Twenty to $30,000 in attorney's fees wow. if you have to go to court and do the administration. So the living trust is definitely the way to go. Yeah, so I, I think the theme here is that the, the winner in any time that you're in court, the true winners are the attorneys. That's true. So we, we take uh, pride in, in uh, helping people stay out of the, the court system. And and uh, through the living trust, through the corporations, and, and maintaining the corporations and LLCs, Tom, because right. you can have the veil pierced if you don't follow the formalities on an ongoing basis. You'll find yourself back in court if you don't follow the corporate formalities. But if you follow these things, and they're not hard to do, but if you follow them and do the, do the, uh, the, follow the corporate formalities in the right way, you're going to stay out of court. Uh, again, remember that the, the goal here is to stay out of court. I mean, that is the goal: is to not get sued in the first place. And I, I always, uh, I always uh, draw the picture in my mind of okay, if if I've got on my house, I have uh, an alarm system, and I've got locks on my doors and and uh, alarms on my windows, and I've got a guard dog, which I have a big, big dog, guard dog, just so everybody knows. Really, really, really. I mean, she's a uh, a, a giant, um, giant dog that will uh, scare the death out of anybody. But um, if, if I've got those things, that's not going to necessarily absolutely prevent a burglar from, from coming in. But if I've got that and my neighbors don't, the burglar's just going to go to the neighbors. And so right. what, what I like about this is the whole goal here, uh, you know, it's like <laughs> the, old, the old story about if you're out in the woods with a buddy, and, uh, you know, a bear starts chasing. You don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun your buddy, right? And, <laughs> and, 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 the, and the truth is that that's kind of the way it works with lawyers because um, knowing that lawyers are going to go after easy targets first, right? Right. That what we want is we just want to make you the toughest target possible to avoid the lawsuit because when you avoid the lawsuit, you know, that's when you save the money. So, Garrett, uh, give us where, how can um, our listeners get in touch with you. Well, our main uh, website, Tom, is corporatedirect.com, and they can also call uh, for a free 15-minute consultation with one of our paralegals to see if we can help you and find out what the costs are and everything. And that number is 800-600-1760. So corporatedirect.com or 800-600-1760 the best way to get in touch with us. Awesome. And uh, thank you, Garrett. Just remember, everyone, that, you know, what we're trying to do is we're trying to reduce our expenses, protect ourselves, because when we do that, 
not only do we make a lot more money, we end up with a lot more money because we don't have all those costs, but we all also at the same time paying a lot less taxes. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. As an additional thank you, I want to give a special gift just to our podcast listeners to help you jumpstart your journey to building massive wealth tax-free. This is a group of not just one, but five of my top educational resources on this topic. There are several amazing, helpful PDF downloads and two training videos. These resources are not available and we don't give them away anywhere else. So get these bonuses now. All you have to do is go to wealthability.com slash gift. That's wealthability.com forward slash G-I-F-T and get these gifts to jumpstart your wealth now. You've been listening to The Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.